Good morning. Our topic for today is the state of masonry in today's America. I have with me today Right Worshipful Robert Garner, District Deputy Grandmaster of Masonic District 30F. He's also the past master of C.A. Fortner Lodge 1304. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, sir. I also have Frank Lynn. He is the past master of Sam B. Crawford Lodge number 1418, presently the Tyler of Garden Oaks Lodge number 1306, and the Texas State Captain of the Freemasons Riding Club. Morning, Frank. Good morning, Hank. And I am your host, Hank Vatt. I am the presiding worshipful master of Sam B. Crawford Lodge number 1418. Okay, guys, the state of masonry in today's America. You know, it's with everything that's been going on, it's going to be hard to even begin this conversation because it's complicated. But let's start where we can. Uh, Robert, what you got? Well, Brother Vatt, I would say that the state of masonry, I don't want to be the uh, negative Nancy or nothing like that, but I would say it's challenged because, for one, I mean, the, the all we know about the, the COVID-19 and the restrictions and everything and how the, the Grand Master has put that into his message this year, but I would say it is challenged along with, with the COVID and bringing people bringing brothers out of the weeds who have been out for a while then this piled up on top of that i would i would say that it is it is challenged indeed masonry is but there's like say hope of uh, bringing brothers back out as soon as all the this covid fog lifts off of us that, that would right be mine. and i know covid's been a big deal because it's kind of affected everything and i know it's affected masonry a lot because our lodge individually we were shut down for a while and and we've slowly been brought back to being able to do degrees and things like that. So it's nice. But at the same time, my curiosity is this. I think masonry hit its peak back in the 50s at some point. Since that time, it's been not really on a steady decline, but on a decline. And I think that, at least I wonder, I wonder if a lot of that's just due to technological advances. And and I don't want to categorize masonry as a product but competitive products it's hard to compete these days with as much media as we have with the internet and tv and video games and and just everything that's out there yes sir and so and masonry hasn't morphed and developed and through that process so i'm wondering if as masons we should even consider making some changes along the way that would make masonry a more attractive product, so to speak, for new guys coming in. What do you think, Frank? Well, um, I agree with Robert <laughs> in the, the sense that um, we've had some challenges in masonry. Um, I look at masonry, uh, when I look at the state of masonry, I look at it kind of three ways. I look at it physically, what it looks like today, and how we're made up and, and what the membership looks like. And then I look at it physically, or fiscally, I guess you should say. Uh, so I look at the finances of how we're doing there, uh, because you look at where people spend their money, uh, and that's what they care about, right? And then um, I look at it philosophically. Um, you know, the teachings of Freemasonry, how it compares to society today. So... Uh, we've, we have challenges in all those areas. I, I think masonry is, is solid, but uh, definitely have some challenges in, in each and every area. Um, when you look at, you know, physically how we're doing, uh, the membership over the last 10 years, I've kind of taken a look at that, especially on a micro level um, at the local lodges um, that I've been a part of. And we've maintained our membership. Um, at almost a zero um, net gain over 10 years, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. That means that uh, we're maintaining and uh, things are moving along well uh, and that sort of thing. But um, when you look at the average age of a Mason, uh, especially in Texas, we're, we're somewhere between 60 and 70 years old. Um, wow. And yeah. I thought the average would have been... 40 to 60 maybe right 60 to 70 that's something yeah, yeah. so yeah. so the fact that you know the average age is up there 
and um, but the members that pass are being replaced by newer members is pretty good. Um, but in the next coming years, in say 10 years, um, when your average is, you're going to have to replace your average. So uh, the outgoing and the incoming um, to stay even have to be equal, obviously. And um, in 10 years, you know, the average Mason is not going to be here. So, um, or a large portion of them anyway that are here now so so that's one challenge that we have you know physically um, fiscally uh, the average lodge costs somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty to twenty five thousand dollars a year to actually operate um, some more some less right. but but that's about the average and I've taken a look at that and we have sort of a challenge uh, financially because our revenue streams, obviously with COVID and everything, have been, been impacted um, for our operations. And you know, as Worshipful Master, oh, yeah. the impact that you've had to go through. Um, so raising funds to augment revenue streams is difficult in these times. Um, and I kind of think about it like this is, you know, uh, we shouldn't expect, I mean, I don't expect someone to pay my bills for my house. And uh, we should be solvent internally um, and not depend on the community to support us um, our, and our lodges. And part of that has to do with the average Mason and how, you know, we came to this spot. And if you look at the average age of a Mason, um, their financial wisdom came from the 50s, 60s time frame. Um, when you look at the cost of a loaf of bread in the 50s or 60s, it was probably 100 times less expensive than it is right now. And the cost of living, comparatively, is much less then than it is now. And now we have our average members uh, pretty much on fixed incomes and retired. So when it comes to that additional income or revenue or dues um, to pay to augment the cost increase of operations, it's really hard for those guys to swallow. So there's some things that we need to look at there uh, of how we do business. Um, because if you look at it, most lodges charge um, their dues. Um, there's no rhyme or reason what they charge dues at. And if you look at them, most of them are cheaper than a six pack or a case of your favorite beverage a month. Right. So, um, you know, the value of what Masonry provides to the membership <clears throat> should equal, you know, what they're willing to pay um, for membership and um, to maintain the, uh, the lodge status financially. So we have some challenges to get over there. Um, and then philosophically, I kind of look at things. How are we doing there? And we have some challenges because, let's face it, we live in a time of moral decline. Sure. You know, uh, you look at um, in the United States, um, 86% of pornography is actually developed and published in the United States. And uh, the That's media, a big number. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. And, and uh, you know, so it's, uh, it's an interesting time where the media and, and uh, we have a lot of things that are sectarian that um, are going against the grain of morality. And masonry being a moral society, it's kind of an uphill battle against those things because we're, we're not in competition, if you will, but we're opposed to moral decline. Right. You know, so... So there's some challenges we definitely have to take a look at. Um, and and some things we can adjust, some we can't. I think we have to stick to the principles of masonry, which make us moral and good, and then um, look at the things that we can adjust to uh, improve our standing um, physically and financially. So That all makes good sense. So if... <clears throat> If our, if the average Mason is at that age, and that age is part of the, the big boom that happened way back when, 
So I think the average age in 10 or 20 years will drop. So what do we do to get younger guys involved? How do we, I guess, how do we battle against that moral decline and get younger gentlemen who are interested, like-minded guys, to come to masonry? And I know, and I know it's, it's part of our tradition not to ask. You know, and, and that, I think that kind of sticks us sometimes. Yes. Yeah. But there's got to be a, a method by which, because this isn't something that deserves to die out over a period of time. Masonry is too important. It's made too large of an impact on the country and other countries as well, really the world. So we have to make sure, and it's, it's us, we have to make sure that it continues forth. Robert, do you have any ideas on, on what we can do to get younger folks more interested in how we can compete with even technology? Maybe, and, and my thinking is maybe if we tried to, tried to advance masonry through technology, that may be one of our, our answers. You know? Well, I know that uh, from doing the, going to the conf- few conferences that we had, uh, Grandmaster had his own team set up and they went around uh, traveling to different lodges and seeing just that, seeing like, well, one lodge, was it up near Dallas or something like that? They hey, uh, developed a festival behind with their lodge from a start out with a lawnmower pull off, for lack of better words, mm-hmm. and it graduated into kind of like a truck and tractor pull, a little festival behind that. And that lodge sponsored that and their communities got behind that. Um, that was that was one of them that was a big thing like that and being involved in the communities i know with visiting at y'all's lodge y'all are uh, more involved in y'all's community really admittedly to say than our lodge i mean we try to do with the, the little league a little bit having bottled water with right. our our emblem on it i think did i get one from y'all as well or there's another lodge who's doing that uh, yeah <laughs> we've just, done so many different things it's a we form try of advertising. yes yeah. sir it's, it's a form of advertisement but yesterday, and then referring back to the charts and graphs that they did at Grand Lodge in reference to all the different ages and age groups and the brothers coming in and going out. Yeah, you touched on the very same thing that they did with that. And as far as electronically, Brother Brad Billingsley, he's uh, going to be Grand Senior Warden. He's right. I believe so. Yeah, and uh, so he's when he came in. <clears throat> to the Grand Lodge. He promoted a lot of that too. So I expect a lot of uh, advantages or, or promotions of electronic stuff coming up with him because he's a young brother himself. That makes me sound old because I'm like 50. <laughs> I didn't know we'd be doing math. I'm 50-something, 53, I believe. But uh, but I, I think he's younger than, than us and all wow. like that. And he's very energetic too mm-hmm. and all. And what's funny as with him from meeting him at a different place he sees you once or twice or whatever like that and he comes right up to you hey brother so and so you know he's he's good like that too i found that most masons are personable people yeah we're extroverts i mean there's not too many introverts that remain in masonry because i myself am a social butterfly too i like to go around (laughs) uh, visit with different people and everything but uh but i think with that he's going to bring well even this coming up grand communication guess what it just might very well be virtual just like everything else yeah and i i really do believe that once we get we get used to using those types of of streams to get the information out uh, even like this podcast i think this podcast this is excellent this is great so but i wanted to get back to something real quick um you know you were mentioning that we're a little bit more involved in the community. I have found we've had, I think, three open houses at Sam B. Crawford past three years, excluding this one due to COVID. But out of those three, we've always gotten members. And not only have we gotten members, but we've gotten active members and we've gotten young members. So, and, and you know, a lot of the guys, you say, hey, I want to do an open house. They're like, ah, you know, it's just... I think that it's it's hard for us to, to make those changes. But the open houses, at least for us in our community, work. So I think what we need to do is we need to try things like that and find out what works and continue to do that. And then we can reverse our trend. 
it's just, but it's not something, and, and Frank knows this. Me and him have discussed this. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's not oh, something yeah. that's going to happen even in five <clears throat> years. No. But, but we've got to begin somewhere. The other thing I want to get to, I want to get your ideas on, on what you think about. I've always been a bit perplexed on why we're unable to ask. If we know that someone's interested in masonry, why can't we just ask them? To me, it, it makes sense. It's not, and it's not selling masonry. It's just, it's just extending an invitation. So, yeah. why does a grand lodge frown upon that? And and why do all grand lodges, I guess, frown upon that? And why is it such an integral part of hey, if you want to become a masonry or you want to become a mason, you have to ask yourself. Most guys don't get that. So, what what are your thoughts on that, Frank? Well, it it comes down to um, well, there's it's a twofold deal, right? So, the, a they have to know about masonry mm-hmm. to be able to ask. Um, but truly, the idea is is if you're interested, you're going to ask. If if I'm, you know, Franklin, the profane guy out in the world, and I meet Hank Vat, and you're a mason, and you say, hey, I've got to go to lodge tonight. I'm meeting a bunch of great guys, and blah blah blah, and then I'm going to ask some questions and that's kind of where it leads into that final going, what do you have to do to become a member? And that's where you want to get to. Um, you don't want to ask someone, Hey, let me get you a petition. Let me, let me recruit you in here. Let's see if you'll make a good Mason. Um, because you, they think that they're going to do you a favor by joining your organization. And that comes with a sense of entitlement, which is way out of control today. So uh, it's probably better that they make the decision to to join the organization themselves. And then you have that automatic commitment up front because, you know, you know, as well as I do, when you're in business and you have an idea and you want to sell that idea, you want the person that you're selling it to to think it's their idea. And then they're all about it and they're committed. When, right. when they come to that rationalization and it's similar in masonry is um you know our problem is, is we don't get the word out of who we are and what we do so that people ask those questions and become interested and join i don't think we should be recruiting um, but i think that we should you know be a, such an integral part of the community that people ask um hey who are you guys and how can i be a part of it um that's that's uh, where you want to drive to, not uh, hey, we want you to join. It's this is who we are. If you're interested, let us know. You know, kind of thing. Okay. That yeah, t- that's that's a good perspective. That ties into the Grand Master's uh, part of his message as well. The part of the branding he called it. You know, each Grand Master has their. Yeah, I don't want to say a, a shtick or what have you like that, but their little their motto, their right. their message, and all like that. And part of it, as far as the branding, much like with your shirt with a Masonic emblem on there, it's something as simple as having the lapel pin, the ball caps, all the stuff you can get off of Grand Lodge as well. Wearing that out and about in the public, and the general public, I guess in a sm- small sense, seeing like, well, that's a pretty good dude, man. He opened the door for me. What is that starting with? You know, kind of the ask right. about right there. Instead of like, I'm a mason. I'm a mason. Look, look, look. You know, kind of. That's his part of the was part of his message as well as uh, the the branding being out there, even on an individual, showing that we're good men, and all. And you know, I guess you can get into the all making good men better. You know, the the masonic part of it as well, but the attracting attention in that way, mm-hmm. and on an individual basis and plus it makes you act better a little bit too i mean it's uh most worshipful uh, paul d underwood brings into one of his stories like well yeah, with a bumper sticker on his truck makes him drive a little more masonically and sure <laughs> yeah you have to <laughs> and and but uh it, it puts you out there and yeah. everything those small, small part of the of the advertisement per se because like i say you always to be one ask one but it's kind of like uh, can you hit around about it? Like, hey, I'm supposed to run a lodge or something like that. Kind right. Of, yeah. In that way. You know, and we really don't have any advertising other than our members. So well, there that, is... that surprises me. You know, I mean, we, we, of course, have fish fries and, and things like that. But as far as 
advertising, I don't think we really that I've that I've known. I don't think we really have any advertising. Well, when your dist when your uh, White Warshall comes in, your district deputy grandmaster presents the message. He'll be telling you about some uh, YouTube channels and uh, on the Grand Lodge of Texas face Facebook page, and there is little. There you go. That's there a, you yeah, go. That's, that's kind of like it's kind of weird as far as bringing out like that, but yeah, it's all uh, involved in the message as Great. well about the little that they're inventing up. And like I say with this um, upcoming grand uh, grand communication, you never know. Hope everything just goes away and we can all come up. Yeah. But there are going to be restrictions, and uh, your your guy ought to be uh, telling about that as well because we'll say like the. Though they got limitations as well, and all that's going to be cut down to mm -hmm. a fraction as far as like actual brothers that can be there, and they're still working out those little dents and dings and everything of what do you have a Masonic Grand Watch party or something like, like that <laughs> or at a lodge or they it says you can even be down to you can watch it on your phone, right? Voting, such like that. All that's supposed to be able to be down to like. Yes or no? Well, and even and that's with, that's more advanced than than our elections now because yeah, I mean, you can't so do that's that. That's gonna now, be yeah, so. they, yeah. Uh, yeah. Brother uh, Craig Enderley out of Baytown Lodge. He's part of that okay. uh, committee, and yeah, they are. Just, he's very, he's really excited about it, and a lot of people are as well. But then you got the others. Well, we can't go to Grand Lodge. Uh, but then other people are like, well, it's easier to do it here, you know, right in person. So it's. Six of one and a half a dozen others, but that's the advancement of the technological thing right. of it and everything. So, uh, and in regards to, I guess, as far as uh, financially, he has a, uh, an, uh, a grandmaster's recommendation about uh, with a proposal of preserving the building and an amendment to uh, 508 and also to address endowed memberships. And that's kind of like, kind of, it don't go into details on that it's like endowed memberships i mean i've only been in this since 2012 mm -hmm. and that's the financial end of it paying into grand lodge <clears throat> but like how the money that to keep the lodge afloat financially right. and stuff like yeah. that that's something that i've i guess i need to yeah endowments are complicated of. yeah they, know, they to are to say the least they really are complicated yeah so i i you know since this conversation is about the state of masonry in America, I kind of wanted to touch upon reasons for entry. So when I became a Mason, um, my big thing was that I knew that signers of the Declaration of Independence and all of those constitutional elements that brought about the United States of America were brought about and a significant number of those individuals were Masons. I thought, well, okay, if they were able to put together something as great as this country, there you go. You know, so then I started to look historically from this point back on how many individuals who were famous, who had had big achievements and, and other elements like that were Masons. There were quite a few. And then, now here's the hook. Okay, at least for me, this was the hook, the what I call the allure of masonry. It's secretive. It's uh, mystic. You know, it's 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 dark. It's it's uh, closed doors. And it to me, it's OK. I want to know what those guys know. You know, obviously, they know something I don't because they're able to put together large countries that last 200 years are able to invent things and 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 do things that I've never been able to do. So that's. It was the allure of masonry that literally brought me in. But what I was a little disappointed about, and I've been a little disappointed about, is that the claim now is that there are no secrets. That the biggest secret in Freemasonry is that we have no secrets. <laughs> so, and, and here's my thing. If Coca-Cola's recipe has been a corporate secret for years, and, and the, the recipe for... Kentucky Fried Chicken has been a big secret for many years, and it's okay for those corporations to have their secrets. Why can't we? And why can't we hold those deer near and keep that mystic allure? Because to me, that, that 
it just builds curiosity. And I think mm-hmm. more young people would be interested in coming to our doors if they still thought that, hey, these guys do have information. They do have knowledge that they keep secret because it's not available to the general public. And, uh, and you know, I've gotten into a lot of kind of arguments about this particular subject. But I just, I have a belief that not only should we have, if, if we don't have secrets, we better get some. Because that's really what we need, I think, to continue as an organization and, and to help slow the decline is we need to reclaim our mysticism and say, hey, yeah, that's, you know, it's spooky and this, mm-hmm. that, and the other, yeah. and aren't you interested? You know, because yeah. I think that kind of thing interests people. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm always hungry for knowledge, hence the reason why we're sitting here today. There's so, because I know I'm going to learn something before the day's out. Yeah, always so, looking for further light. There you go. <laughs> so, what, what do you guys think about that? I mean, what do you think of the allure of masonry, and, and should we expand upon it? Well, or should we stay where we're at? Hank, before we leave, I'm going to tell you a secret. Okay. And then you, then you should be good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But you can't tell anybody. All right? So, so we're good. That's it. Now, I think, you know, that's a lure, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, when you everybody puts up fronts, you know, and masonry has that front. Uh, if you will. And a lot of Masons are coming and looking for the Holy Grail or the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, whatever, whatever mysticism there is there. And, and there's that disappointment at the end of the day when they go, Oh, that's, there's no Holy Grail. You know, (laughs) y'all was supposed to know how many animals was on the ark. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what happened to the, I thought you were going to tell me what happened to the dinosaurs, but, uh, but yeah. um, The, the real thing that I, I tell people a lot is if you if you have a driving reason that you want to get into masonry um, or you're thinking about it, whatever that reason is, when you get into it and you get a year down the road, you're going to go, wow, this is I'm glad I'm here. But this is not why I the reason that I'm here is not why I joined, you know. Right. And 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 getting people, you know, when they join getting them past that transition um you know is is uh the key to retention i guess Mm -hmm. um but how you attract them um i think for for me i have kind of a different take on it because the secrets to me aren't as important um and i explain to people the secrets are kind of operative right Mm -hmm. they we have secrets that um, we can have a conversation and know things about each other immediately. Um, and it's interesting because that happens in front of um, the profane and they see it happen and they go, what just happened? You know, mm-hmm. uh, I was, I'll tell a quick story. I was on a motorcycle ride with, with a buddy of mine who, who was not a Mason. And uh, we were in, um, what's that, uh, where the OK Corral is? Um, what town is that? I have no idea. I'm, I'm I, like, never, I never leave Splendor. Like, anyway, so we're, we were at the OK Corral. <laughs> right. And uh, anyway, uh, I met another brother, Mason, and, and he was from Florida. And we started having conversations, and it was like we'd known each other all our lives. Exactly. And um, Alec, my buddy, he goes, what just happened? He goes, how long have you known that guy? And I said, uh, 45 seconds now. <laughs> and, and he's like, it's like you guys knew each other all your life. And I said, well, we're Masons, you know, and kind of leave it at that. And man, you think that doesn't pique some curiosity. Well, uh, sure it does. It, it's crazy. And then when people see us in public that I get a real kick out of the Freemasons <clears throat> riding club, because when we show up in force and we're riding somewhere to have fun, we're, we're Freemasons. Everybody kind of gets that because we have the shield, uh, that has the square encompasses on it, and we're really out there. And uh, we get people that come up and start asking questions just because, you know, they see us together and we're having a good time. And there's nothing, you know, uh, standoffish about us because most everybody's extroverts and, you know. Right. So, so it's a really cool thing. Um, we, I think we scared one guy once because we were up in uh, Lufkin, Texas. And there was a guy there for church, and um, he walked up to us, saw a bunch of 
bikers and stuff didn't really notice the square and compasses. And he goes, are y'all men of God? And uh, in unison, without prompting, all 15 of us turned around and one voice said, we are. And that scared the bejesus out of that guy. And he ran <laughs> off. <laughs> and so, so it's, uh, but I guarantee you there's other people that saw that and uh got the message and and uh, so the the secrets i think they're important and i think there is a lure to them and they're actually operative secrets that we do keep um for each other and uh, from each other mm-hmm. uh, but uh for good good reasons but um i think once people get in though um they realize and you know what it's all about and then then they have to get value out of it to be retained. So we have more EAs on the roll than we probably have Master Masons because they left. Right. And we didn't retain them. But so. fortunately, you know, Sam B has a 70% retention rate. Yep. So we do really well. Yeah, we'll always have a so, good crowd. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, well, so pre-COVID, you know, that was the place <laughs> right. to go. Y'all was going to have about 30 Almost thirty guys, forty guys yeah. there on a stated meeting. Yeah, thirty and everything. And the, yeah. All the like so the fellowship and yeah. the bullcorning going on beforehand. Yeah. Then in, during the meeting, you know that's the the ser- the business part of it and all like that. And also during the the degrees and everything. But I, and that's where I look at as far as like, for lack of better words, country lodges and city lodges mm-hmm. kind of like. They're uh, C A Fortner. Channel View, we're kind of country, but we're kind of close to the city. Whereas out here is like, man, this is this country, man. <laughs> uh, so it, it, closer knit, I yeah, guess to say. Right. And all, and, and then that's what uh what I personally enjoy. Like I say, with visiting y'all's lodges and trying out different ideas, I guess that, sure. that people have and all. And I hate to like I said, fish fry didn't pan out this year because I know that no, was we a, weren't able to do any yeah. fundraisers, but. What we did was we put together a letter and we sent it out to all of our members and said, hey, you know, this is a situation. We can't do any fundraisers. Is there any way you can make a donation? And through that letter and through those donations, we we actually raised more than we would have raised had we had a fish fry. That's, that's awesome. So, yeah, that's, we did. See, we that's did, another idea. We, we did really put good on it. Put in my heart. I'm not right sure there. if you can continue to, to go that route. Yeah. Passing a hat per yeah, se or whatever, but, uh, but but, but a one-time out, thing it, it never yeah, it hurts. Worked out time. really well. Yeah. So we got lucky. So, uh, uh, with you, what what do you think of the secrets and the allure of masonry? Was that part of what originally got you in, or how did you become a mason? And, and what was what were your ideas? Well, what had happened was, uh, no, I, well, <clears throat> my grandfather was was a mason, and my okay. uncle was a mason, and they both went to Buna Lodge back in Buna, Texas, and all in. I knew kind of of, of of them a little bit like that, but not really as a young man, didn't pay much attention to it. I moved up here to the Houston area when I graduated in 85, and mm-hmm. I was 18 years old. And uh, prior to that, when my grandfather died, they were in their lambskin and all like that at the, doing a the ceremony at the funeral. Right. And, all, and I was like, well, Uncle Buddy, what was all that about? Ah, I'll tell you later. And, all. and I was 18. At the time, you had to be 21. And everything, and well, I, I moved away, and all, and I guess it went to the back of my mind. Then thinking more along it again, I guess it just happened to come through my hard drive like mm-hmm. that, just kind of thinking. And I says, "Well, George Washington, all these other fellows and stuff." And well, my, what 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 did my grandpa do? What did Uncle Buddy do? And at the time, I was doing Civil War reenactments up in Hempstead every year. They would have a master's degree out in the woods. Oh wow! What are they? What are they doing out in the woods out there, dragging trailer loads, old boy loads of brothers out to the woods? Right. And I was like, man, you know, so yeah, the 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 curiosity and wanting to know why did that man take his hat off every time he said God and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and uh, that brought me in and just so happened my general foreman at work, new foreman come in, and uh, he had his. He's like he's in chapter and council or something like that. He has a different wing ring and a little cube thing and got to asking about that. He said, what? What you want to know about that for? You know, I, to be one, ask one. And I didn't know right. I was like asking about it per se because I didn't know, you know, other than asking my Uncle Buddy. And at the time I was too young. Then he just off the computer right there gave me a printout and uh, 
went to the nearest lodge in my community, CA Fortner, and, mm-hmm. and the rest is history. And, all, and but go. there was individuals there. I was looking for Grandpa. He's not my grandfather, but that's what we call him, Grandpa. In my my other world, my barbecuing world, doing barbecue cook-offs, mm-hmm. uh, Vernon Hillner. And I, uh, well, I went in there with my petition, and he said, well, you know anybody here? It's like, no, but I'm looking for a fella. I figured he'd be a pillar of the community because I've seen him at the Channel View Sheldon go, go texting cook-offs, all the other ones in Wallaceville Courthouse, helping out with the fish fry that's there for different leaders being elected. And also, I don't know his name, but I call him Grandpa. You know, mm-hmm. your grandfather? Nope. But he, he uh, looked up, oh, yeah, you're talking about Vernon. And we compared phone numbers, and and that kind of, we'll say, got my foot into They couldn't eat me. I knew that. Yeah. And all and that's why as far as what uh, he took, my, my general foreman told me, he's a, from League City, and I've been in lodge with him, you know, since then and doing stuff as well. And uh, and that's what he told me. He's like, I can't kick you out or anything like that. Just come on in there, and you're just a fella going in. And then you meet all the good guys and all the great right. guys and brothers and everything, and then you get your signatures and stuff. Yeah, that was the uh, the allure of it, kind of like wanting to know the different things about the ceremonies because that's what I, I like with degrees. And one of these days I'm going to memorize, memorize all that ceremonial stuff at a burial but that's the hard part probably oh, trying man. to separate yourself from the death of somebody you know you know or you may not know right yeah. but if he was a mason so you're doing to a departed brother who's you know dropped his working tools but that's the part where i'm trying to work on it's kind of like oh you got to separate your, your business doing business of the lodge person right, that's got to be tough yeah yeah, yeah 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 and just to see them rattle it off you know and everything right but uh but yeah that was my uh wanting to do for others i guess I've been told, and I, before I got into masonry, one fella asked me, and he said, well, he started asking me Masonic stuff. And I said, Rick, what are you, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, you know, letter G. I was like, what are you? Yeah. Oh, I, I thought you were somebody else. And, I, and then after I got into Lodge and doing, he's a member of CA Fortner. He come, he's a, what's a, a, a a visiting brother who comes, not, not okay. every week or nothing like that, because right. he lives off in Old River. And all like that. And after that, we got closer in touch, and he worked someplace else. He doesn't work at where I work at anymore. But, uh, but yeah, it kind of brought us that much closer. And to be mistake, mistaken as a Mason, well, I guess, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Maybe that I was carrying myself good that day, I guess, or something. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, but, yeah, that That's was awesome. a little, that was my little things. Like people thinking I'm somebody else, what is he talking about? Right. What does he make thinking? that of me and he wasn't thinking bad of me he was thinking good of me and he just assumed and all you know it's interesting it in a way it's kind of like the clergy I, mm-hmm. I think that masonry is a calling you know but i've met a lot of guys who have been masons their whole life they were just waiting to come home yeah you know and uh i, I think you can you can pick them out you know and there, there's been several people who have just noticed out in public and and uh I'd say more than half of them turn out to be Masons. Mm-hmm. You can, it's almost like you get used to it to the point to where you can just see it on somebody. It's almost yeah. like a light that shines. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I found it to be one of the most interesting things I've ever been involved in. You know, and Frank had mentioned the Holy Grail mm-hmm. and that some people are disappointed. That didn't happen with me. I, I really got lucky. I did find the Holy Grail, and it wasn't in my first degree, but it was in my second and uh, it was interesting that when I looked down where I was walking and I realized everything that was said there, I thought to myself, man, this is it. This is it right here. And the, the interesting part of that was it's been there my whole life and I never saw it. <laughs> you know, I mean, so masonry brings about things that are right in front of you that you never see, but from a different angle. And then when it's when you wake up to it, I mean, I'm. I'm literally getting goosebumps mm-hmm. now talking about it. But yeah. when you wake up to it, it's like, how did I never see that before? Yeah. There was a lodge how, there on Federal yeah. Road. I didn't know there was a lodge right <laughs> it, there. It, it was obvious. <laughs> going up you and know? down Federal Road. I've been yeah. living out here. It was obvious. Yeah. And, and you know, I've, I'm, I've only been a Mason 10 years. but And I think I've always been a good person. And when they say that Masonry takes good men and make them better, I agree with that. But yeah. Yes, sir. You know, masonry actually teaches a guy how to live, 
teaches him how to form relationships and how to stand up on his own. And it, I mean, it's, it's way better than anything else I've ever experienced. And I'm not just trying to, to blow it up and make it seem like it's something that it's not. I've talked to a bunch of guys who feel the same way. Well, when I, when I talk to uh, people that aren't Masons, you know, they're, they're always, um, let's see how they always understand criminality. So (laughs) I go, you know how criminals get arrested and they go to jail and they meet other criminals and then they share notes and they become better criminals. Well, masonry is the opposing part of that. (laughs) We we take good guys, put them all together. They compare notes and become get better guys. (laughs) And then they go, Oh, (laughs) you know, it makes sense because, uh, that's really how it is. And I, I didn't really understand that concept. Um, because I, you know, I didn't even, I mean, I knew I wanted to become a Mason because my father was and all my uncles were and that sort of thing. And I knew that they were all good men and, and all that, but I never dreamed that my life would be like it is today where most of my best friends are Masons and we do a lot of things together, both, you know, personally and, and, um, and publicly where, you know, we work in charities and, and that sort of stuff. And, uh, the power of coming together, you know, with other, other people that are like-minded and what you can achieve together. You know, I often talk about, you know, well, if you, if you give a guy, you know, 10 bucks for lunch, you know, you feed him for that day. But if a hundred thousand of you give ten ten dollars to <laughs> a cause go. you can feed a lot of people for extended amount of time so so there's power in that number and that unity when when people come together for those causes and masonry you know is just inherently good at taking good people putting them together and then they come up with you know the causes that they want to pursue and they're wildly successful even though you know we have challenges i think uh, in all the areas that we've talked about earlier, we're hugely successful in what we do uh, on a day-to-day basis. So um, we just have to do a better job job at tooting our own horn, so to speak, right. and and capitalize on the opportunities. I was talking to a master of a lodge not too long ago, and they were talking about, well, when we give out scholarships, you know, we we do a dinner with the family, and that's it, and then we you know, uh, present the, you know, scholarship. And I said, well, did you ever think about doing that in a public forum? And, you know, they're like, no. <laughs> you know? And I said, look, you're, you're, you're giving the scholarship so that people get a better education and all that. And I said, but you should get the bang for your buck and, and get a return on that investment in the community and Absolutely. let them know and let them be informed about that because, you know, that's one of the things about masonry that, you know, the community doesn't know if you don't tell them. And uh, if you don't make them a part of it, um, you're missing that great opportunity. And right. we do that a lot. So um, capitalizing on those opportunities, you know, and coming together, you know, it just makes us more successful. So, Yeah, it sounds like it all boils down to PR, really. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe the reason for our decline is that we just haven't been great at at public relations yeah you know because our open house was was you know and it's been real successful and it's been the best pr we've ever done i think yeah you know and before i became master of the lodge and before covid i mean i had already told my secretary i said we're putting down four open houses this year i want to do four you know i want to do one a quarter so i mean i was into it you know and uh of course covid shut that down i'm hoping that we can get back to a point where we can do public events again. Yeah. First thing I want to do is an open house. And the way that we structured our open house with a, a lot of explanation, a lot of in lodge time, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then, and then having the brothers just promote it through their Facebook pages and things like that. And it works. Yeah. So, you know, if we could take that on a national level and, and even maybe expand upon that, you know, maybe, and I don't know if, if Grand Lodge would ever even consider something like this, but maybe the Grand Lodge ought to consider even hiring a PR firm to see if they can help with putting together some things on on a state level or, or you know, Grand Lodge level for us. You know, and 
it's just a thought. So, I mean, since we know that that may help us out in the long run, we need to expand upon it, you know, as much as we possibly can. And it's like Frank said, you know, you're going to get more bang for your buck when you're out in the public doing what you need to be doing. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's what we need to spend the vast majority of our time on and we can turn this thing around. Yeah. Well, and I think we need to be careful not to beat ourselves up about the decline too much because you have to understand where the peak came from. Um, So we don't want to go through another world war so that Mastery (laughs) is in a great, great incline um, because World War II is actually what launched the um, increase in membership, uh, you know, that we saw in the 50s because uh, many of the brothers were coming out of the military and they were looking for that camaraderie and that brotherhood that they had in the military. And Masonry was, you know, for them, the right fit at the right time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, same with uh, Vietnam veterans, uh, not quite as much. But um, so those increases actually came from those times, which is a natural phenomenon. I think we will see um, in our time another natural phenomenon where you know people are attracted back to morality back to looking for something that is beyond themselves Um, and really that's what drives it you know when people are interested in doing more for the community than for themselves you know once they put the video game controller down and figure out hey you know, I want to do something more with my life than to beat this guy from Japan on this video game. Um, you know, things things will turn. And um, so understanding the natural decline, um, you know, there's some decline. I don't think we're going to hit the bottom where we fold up and go home. Um, but I think there's a natural decline because of how the increase came. Um, and we just have to be careful not to overdo it and to compromise our principles, which will crater masonry. I mean, if right. you, if you comp, you know, it's kind of like if you sell your breeding cattle, uh, you're pretty much out of the cattle business. Right. And, and if we compromise our principles, then we're out of the masonry business. Yeah. It's so. a delicate balance. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, it's a lot to think about. <laughs> You know, and, and that's why I wanted to start this particular podcast with this particular topic. You know, I, th- I thought that just going over the state of Masonry and trying to determine, and it's just three guys. I mean, it's three out of many, you know, yeah. but trying to make a determination of where we are, how we got here, and where we're going, it, to me, it's the first step in, in making things good again. So I think that we can get there. It's just a, a matter of being intelligent about it. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, there's so many things trying to get that attracts our attention other than masonry, like say soccer with the kids or what have you. And I guess with me doing the Civil War reenactments, even with that, there's been a little bit of a, well, there was, there has been a, a decline in that. Not mm-hmm. so much with the political atmosphere that mm-hmm. kind of hit us these past couple of years and all like that, but almost through the same thing of doing yeah. the Game Boys and all <laughs> like that. And um, and being too old to actually sit in camp and dress up like a Civil War guy instead of going out and doing the battles and stuff. But, uh, yeah, they're just through, through age and different other interests that people are getting. Right. But that's with, with masonry. I guess from seeing the videos that uh, most worships uh, committee had put out, the different interests, like motorcycle riding groups you know mm-hmm. all masons and all like that and i've had guys well i like shooting guns well yeah the shriners got a shooting club mm-hmm. really it's like yeah well i like bowling but yeah yeah they got that too and that's why i guess with the shrine but then you got to get into the blue first and keep that going and right. everything that others the other but still you can have friends with common interests and friends and brothers with common interests in your own lodge and everything but yeah showing that when not just a bunch of old guys with sticks up our backside or whatever like that we're everybody we're regular guys too always yeah. constantly you know uh, trying to circumscribe by those hires and keep our passions within do bounds all that kind of good stuff yeah. trying to keep on the straight line but hey we're regular folks too right but we're trying to do better and wanting to, to help folks and uh make this rock we're living on go around a few more times that's for sure there you go 
So let me ask you this in your travel, since now you're district deputy grandmaster, and I know you, I don't know how many, how many lodges are in your district? Uh, six. Six. And have you seen them all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've done them okay. all twice. I've already finished up with uh, my last one there was a Baytown Lodge. Wow, you're expedient. <laughs> I, it, it, weird. I guess with a, uh, letting cats out of the bag, there was a, you had your schedule. You had to yeah. go by. You had to have them done by a certain time. And then your overall report of all your lodges in your district had to be turned in. Maybe if you're, I don't want to say your guy running late, uh-huh. but uh, but uh, maybe he had things going on and had to reschedule. Of course, due to the COVID things, right. and maybe y'all's lodges are coming back online right. and all like that. And it's a, it's a small house when you're delivering the message, so you try to. Uh, so so let me ask you in your in your travels of seeing six different lodges it's going to be a several part question number one is it has it changed your idea of masonry at all number two have you seen anything that you thought to yourself well this is unusual and this works well anything Mm -hmm. like that at all that's that you could recall right off the bat that have i seen anything different um other guys i guess i guess Checking like, oh, wow, how, how bad did things come out? And there would be brothers that might have come up to their stated meeting, and it just happened that was the night I was there. And they're like, oh, that's brother so-and-so. I hadn't seen you for a while. Yeah, I'm checking in on you, fellas. And, but good things is like, man, feels good. Feels good to be back off in here. And granted, like I say, we're all masked up and stuff sure. like that in lunch mm-hmm. and everything uh, per the grandmaster's orders and the, the uh, with the governor and everything. But uh yeah, you, you see the the camaraderie coming back, and then people just kind of coming in. Y- y'all still here? Y'all still here? Kind of right. thing. And all. But uh, and bringing up what came in. Almost, yeah, beat the drums, call the troops, get them all back out, and everything. Sure. So it's been kind of like a, you get there, wow, there ain't that many guys. But that fella showed up. He ain't been here in a year, you know, like that. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, 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 it's a mix of different things. And what delivering the message instead of going verbatim try to bring up other things like we was talking about uh what can you do f- for masonry and, and i i kind of throw that little thing in there ask not what masonry can do for you but what you can do for freemasonry and everything so sure and some guys are like yeah jfk but uh but, <laughs> that's it <laughs> but well it worked well for yeah, jfk you throw, you just throw yeah. off something like that you know so, right. so little things to promote and to remember and to bring back and let's get this ship all right and let's get it on down the road that's for sure but yeah just trying to, go. to stir stir the guys up and everything because um like i said before it's like uh, reminded with uh, King Solomon's prayer, there, there is hope of a tree if it be cut down that it will sprout again and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. And I would say that uh, the mighty Masonic oak, it, it hadn't been cut down and it, it hadn't been uprooted. But it, with all this that's going on, it shook a few leaves. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So we gotta got to get them sprouts going back out there again. Right. And, yeah, I know that our attendance numbers have been way off. I'm used to seeing between 40, 45 guys in lodge at a stated meeting, and I think we're right around 15 or 20. Mm -hmm. Now, my fear is that some of the guys will fall into the habit of not coming. That's the bad. Yeah, yeah, and then, you know, you just lose them. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really hard to get together a committee of individuals and say, okay, let's start calling people and get them back into lodge. It's tough to do. You know, I mean, you you can pass those lists out, but whether it really happens or not i mean it's it's always hard in a volunteer organization to get active volunteers and frank can attest to that probably yeah. better than i can because he did more in his year making attempts to make our lodge better and and do fundraisers than than several before and after so frank worked it you know mm-hmm. and uh found it to be difficult i'm sure yeah. but i fear that you know covid Hasn't really nailed the coffin closed, mm-hmm. so to speak. No. But, man, it's hurt. You know, and yeah. and the thing that concerns me more than anything else is that this is going to turn out like 9-11, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to have permanent changes in the way we live, work, think, worship, and play together. The new norm. You know? Right. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I'm not a big fan of the new norm. I don't like it, and I, I think it hinders our ability to, to – to gather as masons you know yeah. and so we've got to 
we've got to really be strong and make sure that our brothers know that yeah we're still here yeah we're you know we're still having lodge we're still doing degrees we're still doing all the things we were doing before it's a little different now but we're still doing it and uh we sure want you to come back yeah so yeah that's true yeah and uh I just hope that I can get to the point to where I walk in one day and, and there's a good crowd. I'm like, wow, this must be 45, 50 people. Mm -hmm. You know, I think our last Thanksgiving dinner before COVID pre COVID, we had 150 people at our lodge, if I'm not mistaken, it was a bunch. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, that's, you know, that's healthy. Those are healthy numbers for new Caney, Texas, Mm -hmm. you know, Heck, I remember ten That's years ago. Everybody. Yeah, <laughs> ten years ago, there weren't 150 people in New Caney. So, you know, we're we're doing pretty good. Um, but yeah, I think that you know PR is going to be a key, and then, of course, your life outside Lodge also is is a big reflection on what goes on in. And so, you know, and I tell guys all the time, you got to be careful about what you publish on Facebook. You got to be careful about what you put on social media. Because it's a reflection of who you are, and who you are first and foremost is a mason. Yeah. So, there's yeah, it's it's a, it's a delicate balance, but it's worth it because the benefits of masonry are so great. It's worth making whatever changes you need to make in your life to accommodate it. Yeah. You know, don't you think? Oh yeah, yeah, and and you know we're we're swimming upstream, you know. In, which is awesome in, in the in the because <laughs> if it's you know, not a challenge it's not worth it yeah you know? yeah we're you know when you think about uh, the social structure of the world at the moment uh where personal responsibility isn't really a thing uh nobody wants yeah. to be held responsible for their actions right uh, but we do hold each other responsible and and take on personal responsibility and you know there's there's things that we do which is different than society you know when we get mad or we get active about the things that we're passionate about we don't go to burn down businesses and that sort of stuff i mean right you know uh there's we we take a different um approach to things than society uh norms and so we're a little eccentric when it comes to uh the social norms of the time um but i think they're eccentric to and they should be more like us I agree. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, but we have that, you know, swimming upstream thing. And, and I think, um, you know, we have to be careful and, you know, like you said, um, not to post things that are, you know, that we shouldn't and take personal responsibility for our lives and, and keep, keep the faith. Uh, I think if we do that, then that, that, uh, switch will get flipped and, and eventually, you know, society's going to come around and, uh, and if they don't, um, I've always told guys, if there's one lodge left and I'm a member, I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, you know, if, yeah. if, if moral decline gets to that point, but, uh, you know, so I don't worry about it from that perspective, but, uh, I do have high hopes for masonry and I know that what it's meant to me. And I think, I think there's going to be a shift. I think the younger people are well-educated. Uh, I think the challenge that they have is, you know, that instant gratification things we're, we're operating at the speed of light kids, you know, it's like when, um, the news comes out, it's moments after events happens that everybody knows about it or instantaneous. Yeah. Yeah. Instantaneous or it's live streamed. Yeah. Yeah. And they live in that world. And, um, there's a gap between our membership and, and that world. Um, and ours is much slower paced than that and not as dependent on technology, which I don't think is a necessarily bad thing um, because you have to take time with masonry to learn it and to internalize it. And you can't do that um, by downloading it. Right. 